the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Dollars and common sense. This is Talk 910 KNEW. This is Rob Black. Many, many years ago. I got lucky and I went to a concert called Lollapalooza. I didn't know what I was getting into. It's this huge cultural event that kind of surprised me. American Musical Festival started in 1991. I went to the very, very first one. And it's kind of a last-second thing where I asked my good friend Dan Fet- uh, not Dan Futterman, but Dan uh, Opdyke. I said, Dan, want to go see this big show? And we did. And it was fantastic. Uh, bands like Pearl Jam, Nine Inch Nails, Smashing Pumpkins, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Hole, um... Ice Cube. I mean, holy mackerel, there was a lineup. Um, long story short, Lollapalooza was a collection of musical artists. Today we're going to do real estate palooza. So I've brought in four uh, plus people. So this is very crowded and a very smelly radio room today. Um, we're going to talk real estate for the whole two hours. Any questions you have on real estate, don't be shy. The call in number is 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. If you're at work in the cubicle and don't want to call in, jump on the live blog. It's 910kenew.com. It's 910kenew.com. And uh, jump on the live blog and throw your questions at me that way. That first song that we heard was Jane's Addiction, Been Caught Stealing. And uh, basically, we could talk a little bit about real estate because we kind of got caught stealing all the good times and we, uh, we forgot that, you know, there was a give back period of time. So anyway, let me introduce everyone. First and foremost, uh, Charlie Crackler. Charlie Crackler presents. Um, he's a professional speaker. He knows real estate, California real estate inside and out. Charlie. Hi, Rob. How are you, Charlie? Good. So I'm supposed to say something uh, no, just... intelligent now or? No, you, I'm not expecting that from okay. you in these two hours. That's good. That's good. So I know you'll uh, be rah, 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 shish, boom, bah. You bet. Real estate. Rah, rah. So uh, next up, uh, Vincent San Nicholas. He's a realtor. Um, Vince, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those worlds out there this year. So. Okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. We're going to get into it. Uh, next on the list, Gordon Hines. He's with Classic Home Loans. Um, what is Classic Home Loans, Gordon? Classic Home Loans, mortgage banker out of Lafayette, California. Just moving to a brand new office out there. We're excited, and we're just trying to get word out to the public that we're here. My my word for the day, behind every dark cloud is a silver line, and it's definitely a silver lining out there in real estate lending right now. Okay, okay. Everyone's been smoking the, the California. Everything's great uh, weed that must be going around. Um, what what business are you in? Are, are you a broker? Are you a lender? Are you a wholesaler? Like I, I know there's some different divisions here. Yeah, we are a direct lender. So lending is broken down into three categories. You got wholesale, in which you go through a middleman, where, you, where middleman could be considered a real estate broker or a mortgage broker for the other financing term. You have wholesale, you have retail, in which you go directly into a retail shop and fill out an application. Or the new thing these days is trying to qualify on the internet. So I'll get into a little bit about that later on. Sounds good. Sounds good. And finally, we've got Tony Mendez, who's actually kind of an on-the-street lender. He's the works with Gordon, so... 
uh, where Gordon stays in the office all day. Tony goes out on the street, meets people, and gets to uh, do a little one-on-one with people. Tony? How you doing, Rob? Good, good. So we're up and going. We're running now. Let's talk about real estate. First and foremost, um, there's three assets that I see in the world. Those three assets are stocks, bonds, and real estate. Now, most people know real estate as the home that they live in, and they look at that as an investment. I see it as a liability. Thoughts? Jump in. Any Anyone? Well, it's easy to see it as a liability because uh, most people purchase the home that they live in and uh, put a down payment down and go out and get a loan. And obviously, you know, when you got to make those payments, that becomes a liability. I think the, in California, people have uh, sort of uh, got a, a different paradigm uh, when they look at real estate because in California, we have been blessed with a good deal of appreciation over the decades. If you look at the the trends, and so a lot of people may look at it as an asset because it appreciates, and you uh, get equity. And now, equity is good. My background is on the stock side of the fence, Charlie. And one thing that I'll throw out there is that we're taught early on that real estate appreciates with wages. That if people can't afford to take your nugget from you, your mortgage, then home value should fall. That's the basic, basic, basic concept is that something has to push real estate higher. Now, there's a second argument, but it's location, location, location. And that's why the coastal communities of the United States, both east and west coast, have far out appreciated the middle parts of the United States. Um, that there is, you know, a draw towards jobs where most of the jobs in the United States are on the coastal sides. You know, up until about a year ago, I would have disagreed with you on your first scenario. Uh, when I'm looking at the way properties are selling now, um, I'm going to let the lenders uh, come in, and they're going to either uh, agree or disagree with me. They would know more uh, because they're out there talking to these borrowers, but. Uh, I, it's my understanding, it's my perception right now that uh, lenders um, are looking at, I mean, of course, they look at everything, credit and assets and everything, but they're really looking at the income of the prospective borrower. And if the borrower doesn't have income, they're not going to get the loan. And if they're not going to get the loan, they're not going to be able to buy the house, et cetera. But on your second scenario, uh, I will never disagree with location, location, location. That really is everything. And it's kind of interesting. I've known Charlie for uh, about eight, nine years now. And uh, when I first met you, I, I basically hated you because uh, I was the East Coaster who was, you know, getting sticker shock from California. And you were the Californian real estate agent that says, buy California, buy. You weren't a real estate agent. You said, buy California, buy California. And we kind of butted heads. And I said, this is going to end bad. And short term, I look right. Long term, is this a buying opportunity? What we've seen in 2002 to 2006, glorious appreciation. But the million-dollar home, who's going to be able to afford it? Now that we've corrected, who's going to be able to afford it? When does the next real estate cycle start, in your opinion? Well, I, you know, to me, uh, I think it's actually started already. Uh, there's, there's a lot of move-up buyers right now. If you're buying, if you've bought in a good community, even if you bought a couple of years ago, you haven't seen your prices fall too much. But the, the flip side of that is, is there's a lot of good purchases out there. You know, I had one client who sold a house for just about what he paid for it a couple of years ago. He didn't, didn't, his didn't appreciate, but the bot he, the house he repurchased was about 20% below. It was a bank owned on a better street. So he actually moved up. Uh, his mortgage is just about the same. His income's there. He's a good attorney. Uh, you know, for him, it actually benefited him. Uh, he was able to hold on to his money for the last couple of years. And then he bought down or he bought a, a, a about the same kind of house, but in a much better neighborhood and a better value long-term. Uh, I don't see him losing too much. I think there's good uh, there, there's good value out there everywhere. You just have to find it. 
Let's take a look at what came out today in uh, real estate prices, and that was Vince. Vince, um, I, I'm going to have to get people familiar with the voices. When you chime in, say, Vince, real estate agent, Charlie, you do what you do, and everyone else, Gordon Linder, Tony Linder kind of thing. Um, but the bad news came out today. Median home prices in the United States fell 15.6% during the three months ended June 30th compared to the same period in 2008. The good news was the median home price actually rose in the first quarter of 2009 to 174000 from $167,000. That was positive to see. Now, taking a little further look into this, the Cape Coral metro area of Florida had the largest decline, real estate down 52% year over year. And the area that had the biggest gain was in Iowa. Couldn't figure out why that was. Um, let's see. Honolulu has the most expensive homes at 569000 In second place, San Jose, California at $500,000. Down 33% year over year, though. So San Jose down 33% year over year. L.A., an average home now is $311,000, 25% lower year-over-year. Year. Sacramento, down 22%. Average home is 177000 in Sacramento. San Diego, down 20%. Average home is 347000 San Francisco, pretty close to San Jose. Average home here, down 31% year-over-year year at 472000 Now, here's where I find these numbers interesting. People aren't talking like their real estate's down 30%. Are you Charlie, Vince, Gordon, is that what you're seeing out there? That people are, they don't really believe it's them. It's maybe their neighbor's home as, who've fallen in value. Gordon, well, what we see in the marketplace is what I tell our clients is we're all, all in this thing together. So when we look at bank foreclosures, we look at REOs, we look at short sales, we look at just people that are selling their house in the market on the retail level. Every house is used as a comp for each for, for each other property. So it's kind of hard to differentiate and separate yourself from your neighbor's house who's in bankruptcy. And that's what, or excuse me, who's in uh, foreclosure because the neighbor's always arguing, well, that's a foreclosure property. That property doesn't affect mine. But we're all in this thing together. So I, I don't think you can actually separate yourself from what the actually market is doing. You know, maybe I should uh, say I'm, I'm, I'm Vince or I'm Gordon because I... I don't confuse me. I, I'm going to say something. Okay it's, okay, it's really Charlie, but... Uh, might say something um, you know that doesn't uh, make total sense, but I think there's always a demand for real estate. I think people always want to buy a house, and of course, you know, an investment property. I know Vince does a lot of investment properties in, in the Alameda area. Uh, people would like an income property. What I've seen in California and other states is jobs. People have lost their jobs. People don't have the income. Not only could they, even if they did go to Tony or Gordon to get a loan, they wouldn't have any income to show that they can repay the loan. And so they're not able to buy. And that's why I see the, you know, the problem these days. Now, Vince, you're talking about the lower end properties selling. And of course that does uh, create a domino effect because then you have move up buyers. And I'm sure you probably get those uh, move up buyers into your million dollar range properties. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a market. I mean, uh, one of the things I have to say is is we're talking about uh, dropping prices or dropping value, but it's a long-term thing. I mean, I always tell a lot of clients, don't worry about the house next door because you're not selling. You're staying there. You know, it's a long-term thing. You bought your house for 30 years. If you choose to move in 10, that's fine. You know, but but you're not worried about it today unless you're trying to refinance and or you're going to be moving. Uh, you know, there, the demand in the Bay Area is always going to be there. Uh, I think if you if you look at the areas in the Bay Area that have dropped the least, there's good quality schools. There's good quality universities around. There's jobs local. And uh, it, people are still moving into the Bay Area. It's a great place to live. Uh, but I think you have to look more long-term than short-term. I, I don't think you should buy a house for the, the short-term appreciation. 
you know, it's not a stock, you know, it's not something you gamble with. It's a place you live. And, uh, you know, I, I think that people need to return to that long-term thinking. But Vince, and be honest with me here, um, if you bought a home in 2006, you're probably down anywhere between 30% versus up to maybe 50 or 60%. Some of these people will never, ever, never, ever, ever be made whole. I don't think the central part of California is ever coming back. The Stockton's never coming back. The Ontario, California is never coming back. Now, Palo Alto is Palo Alto. So I agree with that. Um, but a lot of people have really, it's a long-term thing, but it's also a, a mortgage that people won't be made whole on. No, you know, it's, that's probably true. I mean, I don't think there should have ever been a, a million-dollar house in Stockton. Uh, you know, I, I, it's just, I, I don't see the, the, the value there. But, uh, you know, they made a commitment, and I think they should uh, do the best that they can. Uh, you know, I, I understand that you're upside down today, but it, again, you know, I don't know how the stock market is. I don't look at it too much. But uh, if you would have dumped everything a couple months ago, I, I don't know if people do that as well. I, I think, you know, you got to think long term. Okay. Hey, if it comes back and, it, and you, you, you break even on it, it's, it's still a place to live. With that said, let me re uh, throw everyone out there. Tony Mendez, he's a lender. Gordon, uh, also a lender with Classic Home Loans. Charlie Crackler, uh, what would you refer to yourself as? Real estate expert, king extraordinaire, but what what real estate title would you give yourself, Charlie? Well, probably the the uh, real estate emperor of the United States. <laughs> real estate emperor. Maybe if you're going to let me choose my own title, there you go. There it is. And uh, we got Vincent San Nicholas, realtor with Alameda. Alameda Realty. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, taking us to break, Susie and the Banshees. What's interesting to note about this music, this song, Jeepers Creepers, in particular, every line of the song, she recorded it with a different microphone, and every instrument was played backwards. So they laid the track, and then they played it backwards. Kind of like Led Zeppelin. I know nothing about Led Zeppelin. So it's Real Estate Blues. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. KNEW, helping you make sense of the complicated world of money and finance. This is Rob Black. Perry Farrell, lead singer of Jane's Addiction, in 1991 came up with this concept for a farewell tour. They were an alternative American college band that were on the top of their game and they wanted to go out in style. So they come up with this crazy thing called Lollapalooza. And through the years, it would host some of the most famous and some of the most diverse acts in, in radio and television. Pearl Jam, Nine Inch Nails, Smashing Pumpkins, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Hole. Um, it was a great concept, and it still carries on today. I'm not as interested in it today, probably because I'm not 20 years old anymore. Um, but needless to say, it blew off my socks when I was a younger man. It was just stunning to see Snoop Dogg. It was stunning to see the Violet Femmes and Ice T and Nine Inch Nails all share the same type of stage. I thought it was one of the greatest things that they ever did. So I came up with this great radio show concept called Real Estate Palooza. 
Um, I don't talk real estate each and every day, but it's an important uh, factor in our life. So I brought in people that I've worked with for everyone, but but Vince I've worked with for over five years. Tony Mendez, he's with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Gordon Hines, he's with Classic Home Loans. I've uh, you know run many, many, many loans through his group. Charlie Crackler, professional speaker. He runs a uh, real estate education group. And Vincent San Nicholas, realtor from Alameda, who I've known for about two years now. And um, top-notch realtor. So I have a collection of experts here, very diverse. Um, don't be shy with the phone calls. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Now, I got an email yesterday from a man who wanted me to to ask this question. And I think it goes probably, in my my best guess, probably towards Gordon and Vince. Um, he owned a real estate company that he got out of the business, shut it down two years ago in large part just couldn't make money anymore. And he's hearing from sources inside the real estate industry that you can't make as much money as you used to. So he wants to know when to get back into California real estate business. Um, either of you can jump in and give me your experiences. Oh, I definitely think it's harder to make make the kind of money you were making a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, I think Charlie said it perfect. People are always going to want to live in the Bay Area. And, and I think there's always a market. You just got to get out there and sell and and do what you need to do. Get up every morning and, and treat it like a business. And it's not a part-time job. Uh, you know, I think there's still a lot of business out there. Uh, some of the agents have cornered the market on, on some of these bank owns, but there's plenty of other people, traditional people who just want to buy a house. They want to move up. They want to move down. Uh, so I, I, th- I still think now's a good time. Gordon, any thoughts? Yeah. One of the things that we talk about at, at, at the Mortgage Bankers Association, this is the weed out process. What happened to our business over the last couple of years? Everybody and their mom jumped into this business because it was so lucrative. Matter of fact, many of my clients that I did loans for, if I go back to do a call back or follow up or referral, hey, Gordon, I'm in the loan business now. They're going to 7-Elevens, the guy behind the counter, hey, need a loan. Everybody had jumped into this business because it was just a free money game. So now I think what's happening, the true cream of the crop are still in business. Any real estate agent or loan person that's still doing loans have high ethics, have a good desire and a good uh, work ethic. So I think now is the people that are in the business should be in the business. And I think Department of Real Estate, Department of Corporations have done a great job trying to weed out those bad felons that we need to separate ourselves from. That's actually a real good point, Gordon, because I actually brought Tony out from the East Coast. I knew him from the East Coast because I found that a lot of mortgage lenders were just they were lazy. They would literally do a loan or two, go to Hawaii, smoke a lot of dope, come back, do a loan or two, go to Hawaii, smoke a lot of dope. Sound familiar, Charlie? <laughs> what? <laughs> with, that, with that said, I, I'm I'm totally with Gordon that it is a good uh, shakeout period. And at one point in time in the 2004-2005 period, 50% of all new jobs in California were real estate oriented. So I guess I got to congratulate all of you for still be standing, so to speak. 13 years in county. Now, you said something kind of interesting, Vincent. Um, you said that some agents had cornered the market. Um, what's that mean? Well, there was, a, there was actually a good article in the San Francisco Chronicle, I think it was about two weeks ago, uh, there's one guy with Cobalt Banker up in uh, up in Marin, and uh, he was doing 10% of all the sales for the whole county. Uh, I think his volume was 400 homes a year. Uh, he's like the sole guy that everybody goes to. Uh, has a staff of uh, quite a few people, I imagine, and uh, he's out there doing all those bank owns. Uh, so he's the guy to go to uh, if you're if you're looking for a bank owned. Yeah, if a guy wants to get back into the real estate business, uh, I think the majority of the business are the REOs. And that's that's not a alternative rock group from the Palooza. That's <laughs> real estate owned. Uh, getting into short sales, REOs, uh, foreclosures. That seems to be where a lot of the businesses for the real estate brokers. When you're talking about the guy who wanted to question getting back into the business, 
Um, that's going to pass, but that's kind of where it's at right now. And by the way, Rob, you forgot the black-eyed peas. I'm sure they were there. Black-eyed peas? Yeah. I don't think they ever have been. Oh, really? So, you know, they actually used to play um, in San Francisco at um, really teeny tiny little uh, uh, bars. They played at the Brazen Head. Yeah. So, and uh, that was lo- loads of fun. Yeah. I used to I knew Fergie shaking her booty and... before you knew Fergie shaking her booty. Well, I used to smoke a lot of dope with him. So. <laughs> and why? No. Let's get to a phone call. Let's go to Dave first in Napa. Dave, you're up. Yeah. Who will refinance my upside down mortgage? I didn't qualify to modify with my main company and my payments are about to adjust in november dave uh how much money do you make there are a couple of programs on the marketplace right now that might be able to accommodate you uh du fannie mae i should say du is a fannie mae term fannie mae and freddie mac has what they call a a upside down refinance loan it's, it's called a du plus that particular program goes to 105 percent of value so if you had only, if you have a property you owed a hundred thousand dollars and excuse me you owe a hundred thousand dollars we'll go up to one hundred five thousand dollars to refinance that house. There is another program that is coming. It used to be here years ago. It's called one hundred twenty five percent loan. That program is in the works right now. Fannie Mae is testing that program in certain markets, and that program is going to really help us here in California, especially when we chatted earlier about values dropping twenty twenty five percent. So those are one of the programs that you can that we can follow up with us. Give us a call at the office. We can talk about it, see what your loan amount is, and see what your credit criteria is, and we might be able to help you. I'd also I'd just like to throw in real quick. Uh, I had some clients. They were told they didn't qualify for a loan mod. They kept calling. They kept calling. They'd send as little as they could. Uh, they finally got somebody nice on the phone. Lo and behold, they got their loan mod down to 2% for five years so they could keep their home. So don't give up on your own bank. Keep on them. If, you know, pay as much as you can and uh, keep trying them. So it's very time consuming dealing with the dealing with the lenders. So you call most of these lenders you get. Uh, well, I've got two lenders sitting next to me, so I got to be careful what I say. Uh, I'm in striking distance. But, it, you know, my perception is that lenders are really difficult to deal with these days and uh, getting these loan modifications. Yeah, they're going to want everything under the sun in the in the form of documentation to you. I was totally unaware that there was actually uh, stated income loans available out there. I, did, I thought those things had gone away forever. And uh, people that are, uh, as, as the you know, the news media puts it, underwater where the loan exceeds the value, the balance of the loan exceeds the value of the property, uh, I don't know what somebody can really do about that, uh, you know, short of uh, just waiting it out. 25% of all mortgages right now are upside down. They say 30% by the mid of next year. of all adjustable rate mortgages upside down. 87%. That's a freaking, freaky number. You know what lesson we should learn from this? And once again, I've got to move my chair away from the lenders. I'll never get another adjustable rate mortgage again. I'll only get fixed. Well, adjustable rate mortgages, they're not the problem. It's people who shouldn't be in adjustable rate mortgages who don't have the income to pay for it. I had an adjustable rate mortgage once that went from 8% down to 4%. I sold the property for double the value. It was fantastic, but it was from a high interest rate to a low interest rate environment, and we're not in that. We're in a low interest rate environment that might go higher. Um, Let's get one more quick phone call in. Anthony in Walnut Creek. Anthony. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Hi. I just want to say that uh, my brother... Uh, has a house and he's upside down. It's uh, he owns owns uh, 
six hundred fifteen thousand dollars, and uh, the house is on the market for three ninety nine. And I don't know if he should just walk away from it because he's getting a divorce and he's trying to salvage it. Thoughts? Walk away from it and leave the wife in the house. Uh, she left. Oh, she left already. Okay, yeah. So you can't do that. You know, um, I, I I hate to say this, but uh, California most loans are what's known as non recourse loans, where you can walk away from the loan and the lender has no recourse against the borrower other than to take the house. So if he does walk away, um, make sure that it's a non-recourse loan because if it's a recourse loan, they could go after him for other assets of you know to make up the shortfall of uh, what, what he's walked away from. But it sounds yeah. like it's pretty underwater when you're talking about uh, the, the value of the properties or, uh, is, is less than half of what the loan is. That's pretty serious. Yeah, he, he, he qualified for a loan modification, but it's only up to five years. And then, you know, he's going to have to find uh, roommates, and he has two kids he's paying child support on. So yeah, I'm just thinking, should he just <laughs> let it go and start all over again later on down the road? Mm-hmm. You know, it, I talked to a banker one time, and he said that, uh, in his opinion, you know, giving the house back and and uh, redoing your finances and and starting again in five years maybe is not a bad idea. The banks uh, themselves <laughs> have lost a lot of money, and uh, who who better to say than you know uh, your credit's his credit's going to come back. Uh, you know, he just has to be religious of what he's doing in the next five years, and there'll be another time for him to buy another house, and maybe it'll be a better time in his life for him. But uh, I agree, you know, uh, you can give the house back, uh, the recourse loan or non-recourse. If it's the first mortgage on the property, give it back. Thanks very much for the second. Thanks for the call. Let me head to break here again, mentioning that we got Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com here. We got Gordon Hines from Classic Home Loans, Charlie Crackler from 854 Renew. If you're a real estate uh, professional, you probably already know who he is. And Vincent San Nicholas, realtor out of Alameda Realty. We're going to give all the contact information later on. This is Nine Inch Nails from Lollapalooza. Round number one, taking us to break. Industrial rock group. Kind of cool thing about Trent Reznor is he produces, he sings, he songwrites, he instruments everything. On occasion, he'll hire band members, then he'll fire them because he is the band. Nine Inch Nails. Help me. I broke apart my insides. Help me. I've got no soul to tell. Help me. Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1 800 345 KNEW. The only song that I know of that has two xylophone solos. How do you know there's two? I only hear one. Solos. Give them time. You'll actually hear a solo come in. I wanted to play the xylophone after I heard this song in high school. How many cool xylophone players do you know? Just you. <laughs> That's, that'd be about right. 
So I was in a high school band. I was in percussion, and that was one of the things that we were allowed to play. Uh Um, I got stuck actually one year at a Christmas concert, Charlie, playing the triangle. So we did like Christmas songs, and I'd go, ching. You know know who else played the triangle? Ed Grimley from Saturday Night Live. Uh, Yeah, and uh, Granny from the Beverly Hillbillies when she called everybody for dinner. Or as they said, for vittles. Good knowledge. That's really good knowledge. Irene uh, Ryan. There's um in the Hillbillies, there's a good real estate story. Try to buy a, a piece of property with oil on it. Well, that's when Stockton's going to come back, Rob. How do you know Jed Clampett isn't out there shooting at some food and, and uh, you know, all of a sudden, what if what if oil strikes in uh, Manteca, Stockton, Tracy, Modesto, Speak- all those Central Valley towns that you say are never going to come back? You don't know. There you go. You're hoping that there's a um, – because there's no jobs out there. The best job in Stockton is cut off the head of a chicken and let it run around and bleed out. Um, mm-hmm. We're speaking with four real estate experts today. It's Real Estate Plus. It's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. We're going to get to him in the second hour more than likely. we got Gordon Hines, Classic Home Loans President, Charlie Crackler, uh, basically real estate expert Californian, lifelong Californian, and Vincent St. Nicholas, realtor out of Alameda Realty. If you have any questions specific, bring them on. Now, on the live blog, guys, there's um, – some questions that are coming up. Rob, I own a home in Marin. It's completely paid for. I'd like to get a place in Tahoe for skiing, hiking, etc. Is it worth taking a second out on my real home? I've got a great job and I'm maxed out on my 401k. I have no kids and any other expenses. Uh, Frank, thoughts? I'd buy in Tahoe. I'd buy in Tahoe. I, I think uh, Tahoe will always be Tahoe. It's a vaca- It's a luxury room. It's, uh, one, it's one of the few lakes you can have a house on. Uh, you know, I... You know, it, it's it's a personal preference. So, you know, I never like to use my own my own personal house as a as as like a, a cash cow. But uh, if it's paid off, you have a good income, uh, you have some other assets behind you. You know, I, I'd look at all my assets and decide which one's the best one to take. And and probably in today's interest rate, taking it out of the house is probably the best. So, oh, Rob, you'd buy in Tahoe, Vince. You'd buy in Tahoe. I wouldn't buy in Tahoe. Why's that? There's too many, many people there. Okay. You know, when I go to Tahoe, it's just the Bay Area transplanted up in Lake Tahoe. I think you're crazy for saying that. Well, I so it's maybe it's, so, but it's pretty relaxing. But it's, it's, it, it's, it's not here. relaxing. Isn't that the same way as saying you like Bay Area real estate? If you have Bay Area residents, you know, buying resident, you know, properties in, in you're Tahoe. saying that uh, Tahoe would appreciate like the Bay Area. Perhaps it would. You know, but some t- people, but it's actually, more of a some people actually buy in Tahoe, live there half the year, so they don't have to pay state income taxes here. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting, huh? Yeah, because they live on the Nevada side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll be up in Tahoe on Thursday. It's going to be midweek, so I'll have kind of Tahoe to myself. I'll buy in Tahoe. I, I'd buy in Tahoe too. Now, Gordon, as a lender, um, is it easier to qualify for a second home, a uh, vacation home? Would you say a, a Tahoe home is better than, say, a second home in Hawaii or a second home in Oregon? What are your thoughts on second homes? Well, I think second homes are great, especially for a client like this person here who has seemed to have done all the right things in life. Uh, I think one of the key things is, is we're talking, anytime we talk real estate, for some reason we talk appreciation. Sometimes when you buy without the appreciation concept in mind, you get appreciation. So once you start looking at appreciation, then you start speculating. And I think we tend to make a lot of bad mistakes. But here's a client that has a house that's free and clear. If you buy the vacation home or second home, in his particular case, it's going to be the same because he doesn't have a mortgage on his primary residence. So the rates are the same for a second home or a vacation home as long as the property itself qualifies as a vacation home. And, and Tahoe does qualify as a vacation or a second home area. That's the key. Let's go so to John it. in Santa Rosa. John, you're up. John, I'm an REO agent. Uh, I've been in business for 30 years selling foreclosures. 
and I just caught a few minutes of your program. I thought I would call in, and, and if any of your buyers would like to know how to buy an REO, I'll tell you how to do it. How do you buy an REO? I'm asking. Dash. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Did you hear what I just said? Yes, yes. we did. How, how do you buy an REO? Well, if you're if you're an investor and you're looking for a foreclosed property, the best thing to do is find, number one, a very good agent that's seasoned and knows his way around the track to list and sell foreclosures. And you can do that by going online and checking that out. But when you find one, then what they will probably do is set up an email account for you so that if any agent lists an REO anywhere in the area in which you live or you're looking for in the MLS system, he can set it up so it emails it directly to you and he can set the coordinates for what you're looking for, size, price, location, etc. And then here's the key to it that I find is that banks will list these properties and they get several appraisals on them and broker price opinions, of which I just walked in the door of doing one, and they kind of compare their notes, what their investment is, what they have in it, what it's, what the BPO or broker price opinion is telling them it's worth uh, as is or repaired, and then they put it in the market usually about 10% above what they think it's worth and go from there. And then 30 days goes down the road, nothing happens. They get activity but no offers. They'll reduce it like 10%, and then they'll wait and see what happens and get some more activity but no offers. They'll reduce it another 10% in 30 days. And so, make a long story short, what your agent wants to be looking for is what we call a seasoned property that's been on the market for like 90 days or longer. And there's a lot of that stuff sitting around that's been overpriced or an agent doesn't know how to sell it or whatever. And then what you do is you you look at the time on the market, the price it's listed for, make an offer for like 20% below that, and boom, you got yourself a good deal in most cases. Well, you know, that sounds very time-consuming to me. Um, and, well, and, and, and perhaps if they're... Or if you can get, quote-unquote, a good deal from an REO, if you can get something that truly is under market, I would imagine that the work and the time pays off. But uh, the, the problem I have with, uh, and I, I'm not saying don't go out and buy an REO or a short sale, is that uh, the time involved dealing with the lender is like you know, walking through molasses. It's, it's oh, just slow and, and arduous. That's not really true anymore. The lenders now, when the when the first wave started happening, the lenders were terribly slow. They wouldn't respond. And this is, I'm not talking short sale. I don't do short sales. I only do our foreclosures. And they, they were slow with the foreclosures, very frustrating. And the reason for that was they were understaffed. I mean, there was such a huge wave they couldn't keep up with it all. Now, I mean, we presented an offer yesterday. We got a response in writing today. That's how fast it's changed. And, and they're looking for the buyer to sign that contract and get it back to them ASAP and ching, ching, close escrow. So what I'm saying to you is if you're in a hurry, that's what got America into trouble. They were, everybody was in a hurry, spending money they didn't have. And now you, you can take this time to research your project well, and as you're researching, the market continues to change, and I think it's going to go down more. We've got a lot more inventory that's uh, adjustable that's going to be fixing here in the next couple of months, so we're going to see a lot more of this in the higher end. Sounds like we have a fifth guest on this show. No, no, no. Thanks for the call. Let me uh, cut him off there at this point in time. Um, I, go, I want to get to the live blog briefly and quickly. We're almost up against the clock again. Um, experts in the room, have you seen an increase in younger home buyers? We need younger home buyers to replace all the people who are living off their fat prop 13. Um, 25, 35s. Has the correction in real estate brought in younger people? Vince? Uh, uh, it has. I, you know, I just closed a home for a young girl in uh, Hayward. Uh, the problem I still see is that uh, even these young couples, if they have sufficient income, going through FHA and trying to buy some of these foreclosures is like pulling your teeth. Uh, half of them are, have been damaged in some way. Uh, the lenders and the appraisers are very conservative. 
So even these young couples are just getting frustrated. Uh, some of the good REOs are getting snatched up by investors because they think there's going to be a turnaround. But uh, I do see younger couples coming out. Uh, they're looking for their first home, and hopefully they're buying correctly uh, and setting aside a little bit of money. And for a while, I saw the young couples were the ones with all the money. They had more money than uh, the older people because they were the ones getting into some of these high-tech companies and, and having stock options, and, and they were able to uh, purchase some really nice stuff too. But you know, if it's a young couple, a traditional getting a job, starting out, uh, you know, and, and with the FHA that you're mentioning, Vinge, uh, like pulling teeth. You want to say something, Tony? You're no, I, say, I, I agree. You know, I've I've definitely seen a lot of the purchases that I'm doing are all young couples. Okay, um, they're doing well. They're you know they're saving their 401k and they put you know they they're actively looking at at loan products like FHA and looking at things like foreclosures and things like um, you know regular resales, but not specifically going after REOs. I think that a lot of people make mistakes that they're going to find the best deals going after REOs, and I I I, I can appreciate a realtor. Um, focusing just on that because there is a lot of money and there are a lot of people coming out of the woodwork looking at REOs, but there's a lot of other good, better properties out there. There's a reason why those properties are are in foreclosure. People people speculated on 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 those neighborhoods. Let's let the violent fems take us to break. Blister in the sun. It's real estate palooza. You can call in eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's the real estate palooza show. This Rob Black show. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. One eight hundred three four five K N E W. This is Rob Black. Let's do this. Charlie, can you tell me which Lollapalooza artist this is? Carlos. Carlos. Oh, this is fish. Carlos. Carlos. It's not fish. Carlos. No, it's okay. It's uh, Hootie fish. and the Blowfish. Fish steak. I'm one of those people that think this is um, Ice Tea. Very good, good pool, Gordon. Ice Tea. This is this is not my genre of music. You talk 60s and 70s. I can talk to you about. Okay, then I'm going to talk to Gordon for a second. Gordon, did you know that Ice Tea was in the army? I didn't know that. All I know he's on Law and Order. He is a Law and Order uh, SVU. You gotta you gotta specify, Gordon. More importantly, his first movie role was Breaking, 1984 movie, and then his second movie role was Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. Mm. Probably wants that taken off. Real name is Tracy Morrow. Uh, we're talking real estate today with Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, Gordon Hines, Classic Home Loans, Charlie Crackler, uh, 854 Renew. He's a, a, You're never sure what to call me. I'm never sure what to call you. Just, Charlie Crackler, you know, wonderful guy. Okay, wonderful guy. Vincent San Nicholas, realtor from Alameda Realty. Now, let's talk about some of the uh, other questions that are coming in on the blog, because some of them are pretty good. Uh, Los Gatos, the person's seen a slip in value, but it's been very uneven, yet the impact is not as dramatic as other places in the valley. My husband and I are enjoying close to $500,000 in equity since our purchase 12 years ago. I say we sell and accumulate that $500,000 cap, gain allowance, and uh, look for another place. Uh, What do you think about trying to time the market right now? 
Oh, that's always a tough one. Uh, you know, I understand the uh, the five hundred thousand dollar capital gains uh, and and walking away with it and then starting over. Uh, but again, you know, I'm always one of those guys who say buy long term. I got a thirty year fixed. I'm not moving. Uh, you know, I'm not worried about that half a million dollars. Uh, I sell quite a few little older ladies' homes who have a million dollars worth of equity, and they've never thought about it. They just pay their tax on the, on the difference and, and keep their home. Uh, the other thing about buying up is uh, your taxes change. Uh, the cost of buying and selling are expensive, so it's going to eat into that half a million dollars. You notice that uh, you, we started out, Rob, you said you saw a, a home as a liability, and all we've talked about here is how homes – and loans and everything is an investment and appreciation to making money. The reason you buy a house is to have a place to live. And, you know, in the old days, you bought a house and you really didn't see a lot of appreciation. You buy a car because you, you need transportation. You buy clothes because you need them for obvious reasons. You buy food because you need to eat. You buy a house because you need a place to live. We could talk about investment property, actual investment property, where we're actually looking to increase the equity. But everybody seems to focus on the appreciation and the increase in value, or in this case, in this market, the decrease in value of the homes. And I understand what you're saying. You've, you know, you've got the proverbial little old lady who's lived in the house forever. who has got a million dollars of equity. She's not going to move because that's where she lives. Now, that's fine. What do you think about Rawland, Charlie? Rawland uh, wouldn't touch it. Why is that? Well, first of all, it doesn't generate any income. Um, secondly, it's probably a nightmare to finance, and unless it's in the path of growth, so maybe I ought to backtrack a little bit, you know, if it's in the path of growth, but I, I'm i not that smart. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know where the path of growth is, is, is going or if that's going to appreciate. I If I'm going to, that raw land is an investment property, but it doesn't generate any income. I'd rather have a little apartment building on that raw land that generated income so that I could actually pay the loan on it and enjoy some of the income. Now, Gordon, because there's no property on raw land, it's tougher to get a loan done. Tougher to get a loan. Raw land is the same as as real estate. Location, location, location. If you got a raw land in a great location, it's going to be valuable. But one of the keys that I always say right now, especially right now in our marketplace, it is cheaper now to buy than to build. Raw land might not be a great deal right now unless you're going to buy and just hold it because it doesn't depreciate. I recently got my tax bill um, or my insurance, and it's $700,000 for the land, $300,000 for the home. So there is something to be said about buying land, but to right. me it's living in the space and or renting the space on the, on the land. And remember some of the famous quotes. I mean, Roy Rogers said, the way to make money in real estate is to find out where all the people are going and then uh, buy all the land before they get there. That's why I'm going to almost disagree with you. Uh, you and both Vince both said that California real estate is desirable because we always will have jobs. They once said that about Detroit. They once said that about Cleveland. Uh, they once said that about Pittsburgh. They were once much more important to America in the jobs that they had. And I'm going to be quite honest. You've seen the jobs leave the Bay Area and they're going to Oregon. They're going to Washington. They're going to Arizona. They're going to Asia. Well, you know, I didn't say that. Uh, California uh, has a lot of jobs. In fact, I said the opposite. I said that uh, the reason why people can't buy the properties that are on the market right now is because they don't have jobs. And I've seen that. I've spent time in uh, uh, Oregon recently, and I see that there's high unemployment there, and there's high unemployment here in California. And And the other people that are employed, half the people I know that are employed, are scared to death. They're shaking in their boots that they're not going to have a job next week. 
because they don't know when the you know they're going to be sitting at their desk and the tap on the shoulder is going to come and the pink slip is going to be put in front of them and they're going to lose their job. So there, a lot of people who do have jobs don't feel a lot of job security. So that might be another reason. But our, our biggest asset here in California is diversity. Detroit dominated by one industry. Texas dominated one industry. Uh, Pennsylvania dominated by one industry. Outside of Silicon Valley, we have a vast variety of, of uh, occupations here to choose from. So we do have high employment, high unemployment. However, that will change. I'm an optimist. California is where to put your money at. I see it as um, not the Great Depression story, but I see employment. We will never go back to that 4% golden age where Charlie talked about earlier, people buying homes with stock options. They're buying homes with paper. I remember there's this one chick that uh, tried to get me to love her, and uh, she, she bought a, a home down in uh, Santa Cruz, all with money from a company called um, i2. And basically, they were in the business-to-business uh, thing, and she bought it all with stock options. And long story short, uh, I think the stock option days are gone. I think the problem was you couldn't get her to love you, to be honest. <laughs> Could be. The, I had something I had to get over. Okay. She was a big girl. All right. So anyway, let's go to break. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Get your calls on the air. It's Rob Black Show. We're doing Real Estate Palooza. Next hour, we're going to get a little bit more intimate and talk about how to buy a home, how to sell a home. Uh, We'll get into some of the, the dirtier details. Rob Black. Weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.